1: What up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to LAX Class. EP 170 is now underway. We appreciate your attention as we bring you the podcast right here on the home of it, the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jay Kelly, Brad Challoner with you, and another doozy of a program lined up for you this week. Brad, uh, happy Monday. I am so excited for this week. Not only do we get to do the WLA draft Thursday night together, but uh, back in the Satellite Rogers arena on Friday, we don't even have to wait till the weekend. I've been waiting like a month for this. I'm bouncing around my house already. It's only Monday. Uh, welcome back to the pod. How's it going?
2: Nice to see you brother. Yeah. Six day layoff. So feel like, um feel like the players this week is we have a real quick turnaround and what an atmosphere in Rogers arena on Saturday night. Like, I don't. I, mean, I don't know what the capacity was. I haven't seen an official number. I don't it know if you under, have. Just under,
1: just over seventy-five. I think
2: it was rocking, man. Yeah. Like I don't remember a time where in the Warriors game last couple of seasons that has been that much of, of a of a sort of a party. Like maybe that beach night when Biz was in the building a couple of years ago yeah. was pretty fun, but college night, five-dollar beers, the the what was it? The glow stick. Yeah. Uh, what do you call that Glow stick train wrapping around the arena karaoke to all the small things like there was so much i hadn't seen before at a game and i was like there's not very many times that i'm like man i wish i wasn't in the booth and i wish i was in the crowd that was one of those games where i legit was like it would be so fun to be part of that right now
1: yeah, it, I mean, College Night and $5 beers is a pretty good combination for, for that. The glow stick snake, I want to call this thing, Brad. This yeah. thing worked its way all the way around the the entire arena. Like, people were limboing underneath this thing to get to their seats and all the rest of it. But everybody seemed to be really engaged with this. And I made the comment on Twitter, like, Imagine if they get this, like, I think Rogers arena or the warriors or whoever, when this thing makes its way around the entire arena, next stoppage and play, cut the lights and light up yeah. the glow stick. And you got yourself a tradition here along with singing to blink One Eighty Two or whatever it is. People that have...
2: could be the new, like that was just talking about knowing your demographic, right? Like we're not, it's not, don't stop believing like it is in most buildings late in the fourth quarter somewhere or sweet Caroline. Like this is, what 2002 that song might've come out yeah. like just perfect for that college age crowd for the players on the floor. Everybody it was, was into so it. cool. And, 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 you know, the best marketing tool, that Vancouver has been missing over the years is home wins. Wins, And I think the crowd ate that up and they will be back on Friday against the rush. Scrap at the end of that game. It had it all for the fans. So yeah, you you're up by six and then there's a fight. So you get a little bit of everything and the crowd was loving it. And I tell you, like went up to the sports bar inside of Roger after the game. And that was packed, like line up down the stairs in and out to get in. Um, And I think I've mentioned this before, but talking to, people that work for Canucks Sports and Entertainment, the thing they're always shocked about when they're when I talk to them about the lacrosse crowd and people that come to the Warriors games is how many women there are, how many females come to Warriors games. Like, it's pretty much a 50-50 split, yeah. and they're surprised by that. Even working with the Vancouver Canucks, they're surprised how many ladies are out at the Vancouver Warriors games. That was certainly true at the sports bar, and then the players roll in there afterwards, like Hammer Jackson and Buki and, and – Logan Schuss, these guys that were like rock stars that night, walking through the sports bar with people crawling all over them. It was, uh, it was pretty cool to see. It felt like old times. It felt like just felt like a couple of years ago and that no time had passed. And it was a real, real fun night.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we'll talk more about the game, but I, you know, you did a great job on the broadcast. I was up in the press box. I was doing some in- investigating journalism, Brad, scanning the crowd for, for the young lady, the last home game that, was escorted out of the building for removing some clothing. I I, I tried to spot her. <laughs> but I th- th- no, couldn't, couldn't find her in the crowd anywhere, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at that. But a nice convincing win there for Vancouver. We'll talk about that coming up here and who we had the week that was, if you will, got a couple of great guests on the show this week, as well as we will talk to the voice or yeah, talk to the voice of the Albany Firewalls, Brendan Glashine in quarter two, ESPN game of the week as well, and Connor Robinson of the Colorado Mammoth who put up a sock trick for the Woolies over the weekend, and they're going to take on the Roughnecks again this weekend. So we're going to talk to Connor Robinson, who's down in Denver. We got who you got in lax class locks coming up in quarter number four. Brad, uh, pretty successful weekend for yours. you hit your Trillion. parlay Seas. that's seven. someone on the show seven someone on the podcast who has hit the last four weeks yeah. it's my second Not parlay bad. that i've uh, cashed well in done. for the people for the people brandon who you got though seven for I seven baby kick.
2: i took a kicking i love this it this week three out of seven i think it was my worst week yeah but that just shows how unpredictable we're getting as we enter uh week 11 in the national lacrosse league like you talk. I'm not letting you flip the coin because yeah. I'm a man of thank principle. You. you have to. You have to go off your your instincts or try to go off your instinct. But thank you very much. Um, I appreciate just, that
1: advice because it worked out uh, quite nicely. I even right before the Philadelphia-Toronto game switched my pick from the Wings to the Rock. Uh, you hear that, Jamie Dowick? Oh, I nice Switched move. right nice before move. and. Uh, I was second guessing myself a little bit out of the, the the gates there in that one, but Toronto uh, storming back and a convincing win there for the Rock. But uh, before we get into the who, anything else go on in the weekend? Uh, did you coach soccer, hungover, or what? What happened? What, what else was going
2: on? it was a good little weekend. Uh, Friday night hung out with the family, and then Saturday morning went to shoot around and got to see. I think the highlight there was just seeing Panther City. And their coaching staff, like TK and Steve Toll and Dan T, like this is this is an all time bench. Yeah,
1: and three Hall of Famers,
2: three Hall of Famers, three fiery personalities, three guys that like to joke around too. Like they were playing uh, little shoot around games as the team was stretching, and they're basically like lawn bowling or curling, trying to they're rolling a lacrosse ball trying to get it to stop in an exact spot. on the floor and players were scooping the ball, up. they were yelling, getting pissed off at the players that were messing up their game. And the way that they're walking around, like, they're all around the same height and same size, but both all, all three of them still full of energy and all three of them taking reps in (laughs) drills. Like if TK wanted to show you something, he would just do the drill and, and take a rep and take a shot. And so show you how to set a proper pick and where you wanted to roll and where you want the shot coming from. And it was just, it was really fun to see those three guys in action. And fire us up for the game because i think they're they're starting to build something special there it hasn't really shown up on the floor yet but the right pieces are there and just the right the right personalities behind that bench so that was kind of fun to see
1: pclc and those guys kind of yucking it up on the floor Dan cut, he
2: cut his hair but no, i
1: was just gonna say cut the man bun off uh, thank goodness for that by the way it was time
2: it was so now time. the best now the best man bun in the league belongs to john lafontaine
1: and he is playing like a beast this season as mm-hmm. well. Johnny Laugh.
2: All right. Uh, How about you? What'd you get up to? You were at the game on Saturday night, but yeah. before that, and a little, little disc golf, little, little anything. Well, you know on? what?
1: I, I hate to say it, but I, last week, I think I, I kind of set myself back a little bit. I twisted a little funny and felt a little, a little something. So I haven't been disc golfing for the better part of last week, but uh, still on the spin bike and trying to, you know, work off some calories, but I haven't been able to get out on the golf course. I'm a little scared to do that right now. So uh, Friday night, I I can't even think right now, Brad, what I did Friday night. I think I just hung out and watched lacrosse Friday night and did a whole lot of nothing on Sunday too. I just surrounded myself with the Olympics and and sports all weekend long, which is, you know, right in my wheelhouse. That's that's a sweet spot for me. So sports, sports, and more sports this weekend on TV.
2: Well, there certainly was... A lot of it. Ton of National Lacrosse League games. We had a full schedule last week, this week coming up. It's uh it's full steam ahead right now as there's makeup games and like Vancouver's not off until the last week of April now. I think Panther City's got like the rest of their season. I think they go like every week for the rest of the season. That's what most teams are are looking at right now.
1: Nothing wrong with that. All right. Well enough dilly dallying around here, Challener. It's time for who we had the week that was and I will turn the keys over from the bus uh, into your hands here if you want to get going
2: let's start uh, let's start Friday night so in front of no fans neutral territory but the Halifax Thunderbirds technically hosting the New York Riptide in Hamilton and this was Hamilton Halifax pretty much controlled the most part of this game, Jeff T neutralized to, to no goals and three assists. They make it interesting. It's 12 10 with five minutes left, but uh, Halifax gets another one late. And that was sort of the story. Riptide didn't lead in this one. Shanks with two and five. Jameson finally shows up with two goals. Kyle Jackson after being healthy yeah. scratched had a couple nine different goal scorers for Halifax so a pretty nice tidy win for the Thunderbirds who are now four and one
1: well I think this was the bounce back game right after they they kind of laid an egg there the prior week and they heard about it from a Kersey and I think everybody to a man on that Halifax team took it personal and listen they were only up two at halftime but like you said I think they controlled that game. There was never really any fear of them losing that game. I kind of felt special teams were, were pretty good for, for both teams as well. And Withers had a good night in the faceoff dot, which always helps. But I think that's pretty impressive here for the Halifax defense. The offense is the offense and it's good to see Kyle Jackson get going again. And you knew he was going to be a little extra motivated after being a healthy, but I know Callum scores four goals, but only two assists, and Teet with no goals, that is a massive win for the Halifax defense when you can limit those two to just nine points between the two of them. When the the week prior, Brad, what was it? They had like 30.
2: Yeah, 20, uh, over 20 20 i think 12 and 11 or something like 23 but yeah. i didn't have i only had one eye on this game because i was hanging out with some people on on friday night but what what was with t like did they was it hosik locking him off
1: how did they play him differently than other teams have yeah they just didn't give him any room or time or space to get his shot off and yeah like hosik he's pretty good at that so he's all right it's so you know scored you're, his you're first t- goal his first the season. Yeah, two, a I think. three-time defender of the year going up against a, a very good rookie, don't get me wrong, but Cyborg won that matchup on Friday night.
2: So Riptide one in five and starting to play better lacrosse, coming to get to coming back together as a group. We've got the rookie Steven Orleman, who actually Paul Tucker put a great article out this week about uh first year minute munchers he called them but basically breaking down rookie goaltenders the impact they've had over the years and it's it's not many like you you don't usually get a starting job as a rookie and even Orly didn't have the starting job at the beginning of the season he's got the bulk of the minutes now with over 70 percent but yeah. he's gonna he's on pace for like more rookie minutes than anybody since like Dylan Ward I think going back a few years so yeah, and, and pretty and special I, that he's getting his reps right now
1: well and I'll attribute to this there's gonna be some some short-term pain for Orleman for some long-term gain. And I hope that he can keep that in perspective and that in his mind as he moves along here, the success and the wins may not be as many as he would like, but the experience, the shots, all of these things that he is getting early on in his career is going to serve him so well going into the next two, three, four years of his career.
2: Riptide have Georgia this weekend, and then Toronto, Toronto again, Rochester, Albany, and Philly. So they're one in five. I think they can get a win against Georgia this weekend. Then they've got a few tough games, back-to-back Toronto. Maybe you'd be happy to split that. Roch again, which should be a winnable game, Albany and then Philly. So it's going to be tough. For the riptide, but I think one for the picking this weekend that we can talk about in uh, in who you got. But speaking of the Georgia Swarm, mm. they split with the Albany firewalls. I thought You thought wrong is what you road, thought, I Brad. thought the road team I thought the road team for some reason I don't know. He just he's gut sometimes. I had a feeling the road teams would be the ones who did the splitting and Albany would show up in Georgia and, and vice versa and it'd be tough the other way. But it's the home teams that get it done as Georgia wins. What was it? 14-13 on Friday night, and then 13-10 after a tough travel day going back to Albany. But 23 goals in the second game of a back-to-back was pretty impressive. Um, Two goals in the final 15 seconds in game one, and Kitchen with the game-winner with three seconds left in Georgia. They like their close games. Albany pulls that one out, then they go back. Or Sorry, Georgia pulls that one out, and then Albany goes home um, and wins 1310. Benny and Ressa Territz both had big weekends. No Andrew Q, but it seems like the Firewolves offense is starting to click a little bit better and they've now won four of their last five.
1: Yeah. Uh important win there for Georgia. They needed to split this weekend to keep themselves in the conversation. So Ty made the the comment on spaces that Georgia hasn't been very good at home. They get the home victory which they really, really needed. Nice, tidy eight in the first half, six in the second half. And Albany's power play in that opening game really let them down as they went 0 for 4. And in this league, when you get your chances on the man advantage, you have to be clicking at what, Brad? 35, 40% at least. At least, yeah. You know, you'd like to be 50.
2: 40, 45 would be a healthy... A healthy dose like Sask, when they were the best power play in the league,
1: were like what 55 every year, sort uh, yeah, of. Yeah, they were on clicking at like on 70 else. for three quarters of the year and then kind of dropped at the end of it. But yeah, so, um, good for Georgia on the first one, good for Albany on the second one, and a nice, uh, little pregame there with Joey Rez and, and Lyle, a couple of former Danes, Coach Marr, friend of the podcast, was uh, there for the game as well. And Joey Rez, man. He's become really the the leader of this offense here with no more Callum Crawford. And he's embraced that role and looking good. Riley O'Connor finally kind of came to play. He's been quiet so far this year, three and four for him in that second game. And Benesch doing his thing with two and five. And, and Albany just kind of grinds this one out, 13-11. But you're right, I think their offense is steadily improving and the defense, again, you know, 10, 11 goals is is right around where they're looking for. And they take down Georgia here. So they're four and three and, and Georgia three and five still right in the mix.
2: So we've got we've got Brennan Glashine in a few minutes here. We'll talk more about this Albany game. But mm-hmm. I think they're maybe the most complete team in the national. But really? now as far as the offense is clicking, their defense is phenomenal. And they got one of the best goaltenders. And we're like, what team is clicking in all three? We could check all three of those boxes as one of the best units in the league. Colorado, Halifax,
1: Buffalo. I don't know if Halifax
2: is there with Buffalo. Eight. I'm not putting Halifax. I'm not ready to put Halifax. Buffalo. That kind of I think they still have some struggles. Buffalo. We'll talk about Buffalo in a sec. They they're six and zero. Oh.
1: Tell me a weak spot um, of their game.
2: I think their D still leaves a little bit more. Mm to the imagination it can do a little bit more in front of in front of matt vince i still think you see in a lot of rubber and there's there's lapses at times like rochester did score i think four answered in the fourth quarter okay, like the eight fourth quarter quarters when you
1: want to
2: lock it down but still fourth quarter big run like that let the foot off the gas pedal
1: that's um, that's human nature when you're up big in a game like that to have that happen so
2: one yeah they still own one buffalo says know. that they owed rochester one i still think they owe them another one because this wasn't like the the super most sexiest of wins yeah they were up big for the most part but you know take your foot off the gas pedal let's let's see a full 60 here i think okay so when will buff we're talking about when will new york win when will buffalo
1: lose toronto this week uh i don't want to you know give anything away brad but i may be the least the most (laughs) I'm gonna say this. I'm the least confident in Buffalo that I've been all season long, but I, I don't know if I'm picking against them yet until they lose a game. I'll say that.
2: But yeah, Buffalo's got. Oh, they're six and zero. Oh. They've got Toronto, Albany, Rochester, Albany, Philly, Halifax, Colorado in their next handful of games here. So we'll see how long they continue this streak. I think yeah, Toronto. The way that they played this weekend probably has the best chance of knocking off Buffalo so far
1: are you gonna take
2: like, toronto toronto is pretty impressive we can jump ahead to that game so it's this game 7-7 at halftime in philly and then toronto comes out and scores seven and philly scores nothing well, in the second yeah, half. yeah this and I thought is... it was pretty pretty impressive throat stepping on by the toronto rock and they they deserved it like, they needed they, a game like that they did need, they needed a convincing win. They had all three of their, you know, their big righties were all playing together, which they haven't had a ton of this season. Chalon Rogers, I think, got a real chance to just play defense and maybe he has played his best defensive game of the season. Like, I think his defense might go a little underrated based on how special he is transitioning and then playing O, right? Like, he still had some huge slides and some big hits and some cause turnovers and then turning it into transition. Might have been the best defense defensive performance I've seen from Chow and then the rest of the rock offense who was aggressive and pressuring and the Philly o just had nothing in that second half shut out because Colorado's D because Colorado's D was so fantastic when they did get a shot Rosen. no problem for Nick Rose
1: yeah I mean it you you just don't you don't do that very often to teams where you hold a team goalless for an entire half especially on the road and that I think is a statement there from Toronto. Dan Craig, nine points in this, Brad. I think it was Dan Dawson saying he's the next guy in this league as far as the Toronto Rock goes. Like, he thinks that the sky is the limit for Dan Craig. Five and four for Dan Craig. That seven caused turnovers for Brad Cree.
2: Yeah, this stat line was insane. I don't know how... um... How, how maybe they're being a little extra gracious down there. We have seen some, let's call it uh, padding. I don't know. Padding or just I mean, inconsistency is the word I'm looking okay. for from building to building. But Cree gets credited with 11 loose balls, seven CTOs,
1: Beast.
2: and a block shot. Like that is a monster of a night on the back end. And the other guy I wanted to point out was Tom Schreiber. who's got 10 goals in his last two games now, 19 on the season and just scoring in ridiculous fashion, like short side behind the back when you're cutting across the top of the crease, one where he was pushed over all the way to the lefty side and still came around behind the back and was able to beat Higgins. Um, He's at the top of his game right now. And Devin Caney did a funny little story in game on that broadcast. And Schreiber's like, I got dad strength now. He's a new dad. (laughs) He's feeling indestructible. And you know, you get that dad girth and that dad strength and look what he's doing. He's just dropping goals on any team he's facing this year he's no. been well i think unreal. it was
1: finally all hands on deck for the rock and that was the end result and now i'm real interested to see them coming back home taking on the undefeated bandits how they respond after a real impressive win on the road against philadelphia 2 against the wings now but they've lost to buffalo already now they're at home they're coming off an impressive win can they back that up against the bandits is the big question for me
2: and philly who's five and four has Nine not beat games. a team with a winning record
1: hmm. interesting
2: they beat georgia twice they beat new york rochester and panther city and who have they lost so we... to? you're gonna put me right on the spot toronto they've lost to twice toronto. buffalo they lost to albany they've lost to they beat Georgia twice, New York, Rochester, and Panther City. So we still don't really know who exactly this Philadelphia Wings team is. That is in a playoff spot with a winning record, but punching down. Yeah. And still have yet to prove themselves against the Toronto's and the Buffalo's and the Halifax's of the world. And I said it last week, like I've, this offense at times, Benny Macklin, again scores another hat trick and 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 looked pretty good but i've i think their offense is a little too
1: veteran some doesn't fit some just doesn't quite fit fit.
2: they need they're they're missing that energy and that spark and a bit of an inside presence a little bit a little bit perimeter still good two-man game operation sometimes but they're still a little bit too perimeter and i don't know if they're just not having the legs or what to finish games and Sometimes their second half is a lot stronger and their first half is weaker. This week was the exact opposite of that for Philly. Agreed. Let's move along. Let's go to Denver, Colorado, and Calgary. Is can Calgary continues their their sluggish uh, go here? Their stop and start season, but no Curtis Dixon. They go into Denver to play Wait, a find rival. out what why and again no. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. And yeah. they don't score a goal in the fourth quarter for the second game in a row. Like that must just be driving Kurt Malowski. Absolutely bananas. They were up 10, seven. Second the time. Third.
1: They were up big in yeah. their last game against Calgary or yeah. San, Diego yeah. as well. San Diego.
2: And they did the exact same thing. Colorado scores the last seven goals of the game and shuts them out in the fourth quarter. And Colorado's this Calgary team's a young,
1: well, that's young it. Player. I think that's what you have to attribute it to. Brad is, is learning how to win in clutch time here, and Calgary just does not have a ton of those guys. Clearly, they have a lot of talent, but you have to know how to get it done when it matters most, and I don't know, when you come up scoreless in, in fourth quarters, it leads me to believe, and and I just don't think Kurt would let this happen, but fitness Like, are they running out of gas because they're not in good enough shape? And I don't know one way or the other. Maybe that's a a factor of of guys having COVID that haven't fully recovered. Or maybe it's just a lack of practice time or maybe a combination of everything. But when you go scoreless in fourth quarters, that's a cause for concern.
2: I also feel like Calgary's lived on the road this season. They've only played five games, but. They only like one at home.
1: Yeah. I think one or two. And they two won, at didn't home. they? So, in Saskatchewan, or did they win that in? Saskatchewan? No,
2: they they got beat up at home against San Diego, the right. one game. Um, and then they had a couple postponed. So they've been away. Like they've had Hamilton and they've had Buffalo and they've had Colorado and San Diego. And those have all been losses. Their only win coming in Saskatoon. So they've had a, a pretty rough schedule and the stop and start. And, you know, I read this that they're actually like their average age of their player is down there with Panther city. Like they are literally the youngest team yeah. along with Panther city in the national lacrosse league. And, you know, Kyle waters had a pretty good game. He scored two goals and is starting to look a little bit more comfortable. Tanner cook was blank, but these are first round draft picks playing offense and big numbered offense without the guys that they've had in years past. So it's just, it's a young team. And you're right, John. it's going to take them a while to, to get it all together. I think they've got a good group going forward it just hasn't started to gel yet and you know i hate to even say this but like at what point do we start getting concerned about
1: Delves? not yet with... no 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 i i think that th- all the things you just kind of listed in front of him, like he can't go out there and score goals or check their best players or listen he's got the ability to steal a game for you he hasn't done that yet and he might need to do that from time to time to get wins for this team and i know that's a lot of pressure to put on one kid but that's, that's what it's going to take here for Del Bianco, and he just has not found his game yet, but I got a, an irk here, Brad, that it's coming this weekend against the Mammoth. I I want to almost put this... I know it's not mathematical and all the rest of it, but I almost want to put must-win time here for Calgary this weekend. Like, they have yeah, to win. Yeah, well,
2: it's, it'll go a long way for their confidence, right? If they do get a... just to swag to go back. Against, against, ...to go against Colorado and get a chance to to try to do it at home and get right against your one of your arch nemesis, it's a great chance to do it and we know christian del is ultimate competitor he's won everything there is to win so i do think it's just a matter of time before like you say he does he does steal
1: one yeah because i don't know if it's confidence said, or or what but he needs a swag back and i think just a real solid game from start to finish is going to give him that he just yeah, needs and a-
2: he's they're miss, they're missing some veteran pieces on their on their back end too it's 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 a young group um, and I don't know if it's legs because they've got Salama and courier and Cali's and yeah. some of the most athletic players there is. So I think well, they're getting the... Dixon
1: back. They get Tyler pace back in their offense, which makes a huge difference at home too. Like it just balances everything out. I think Dan Taylor's got a game under his belt now after being out for a while as well. So we'll see. We'll see come this weekend, but Calgary one and four, this is not an unfamiliar position for them either. They're notoriously slow starters, and always seem to find a way into the playoffs and who knows they may do that again they may not they may not
2: Yep. and they do have makeup games at home they've got vancouver at home coming up they've got a makeup game with with halifax at home so they will start to get start getting some familiar some familiarity back at at, at scotia bank and uh and hopefully Hopefully things for the Calgary Roughnecks sake will, will settle down a little bit. Because, yeah, right now they're looking up from the Yeah, they the need to get in a rhythm.
1: Like, just like Del Bianco, the, the entire Roughnecks just need to get, find their rhythm. Just get in a routine of, like, traveling each weekend and going through shoot-arounds. And, like, when you're stopping and starting, it's almost like you're restarting a season over and over again. And that's really tough to do.
2: Colorado, though, they've found their groove. They are 5-1, and one, tied mm-hmm. with San Diego at the top of the West record-wise. San Diego with the tiebreaker because of their game that they beat them with. But everything working for the Colorado Rameth right now, from Dylan Ward to the defense in front of them to the offense, where we're going to talk to Connor Robinson in a few minutes, but, like, everybody is clicking in that offense right now. They get contributions from Share everywhere. The they got the big bodies. You never know where the shot's going to come from. They can get inside. They can shoot from the outside. They can do a little bit of everything and ryan lee is just got the vision right
1: now to uh, feed guys with his eyes closed on and another an mvp like tear right now on another level is connor robinson right now it's been, been impressive to watch
2: yeah he's, he scores six and lets the socks drain down but i don't know if he caught um our friend Adam Levy's got a new podcast fantastic first episode it's called yeah. the lacrosse matrix Check podcast available everywhere you get your podcast but he breaks down Ryan Lee's numbers to start the season and you know should he be in the mvp Gotta be. candidate got to be race and if he wasn't before last week he 100% sold me is now yeah. so fourth in the league in points 43 points 29 assists is second in 6 games he's on pace jumbo for 87 assists which would be a league record he's also on pace for 129 points which would be third most all time in a single season so yeah to me he's he's the motor of that offense right now i don't know if the start of the season it was guaranteed that he was sort of be going to be the quarterback because of the way that that offense shares the ball but the way he's feeding this year you want every set to start in the hands of Ryan Lee,
1: I'll give you some credit because I think you pegged this one right out of the gates at the start of the season that you expected Ryan Lee to have a big year, and he's doing exactly that.
2: You know, and not to toot my own horn, even no, a bit more, away. but I'm going to go back a little. Like the first time I saw Ryan Lee play Nanaimo? was with the Nanaimo cool. Timbermen, yeah. and he was the like this unknown. Yeah, he was this unknown kid and oh yeah, he played for Six Nations for a bit and was going to RIT and decided to come west and was like just notably had the mitts and sort of the the confidence and the audacity to try things. And that's what I think is has set him apart. The kid had swagger since the day he stepped on the floor. Not cocky swagger, but just just an air of confidence about him. And now that he's coming into the prime of his life and he's, you know, spending time at the gym and, and manning up. He's uh, There's not many better on the right side of the floor right now in the National Lacrosse
1: League, in my opinion. Nope, I agree, man. Fun, electric player to watch. Just entertaining. I love the way he plays the game.
2: Let's wrap things up at home, Let's shall we? Yeah. Vancouver Warriors 17-11 win over the Panthers City Lacrosse Club. This one started off super scrambly. And I think, what did Bowering call it on uh, Twitter spaces yesterday when he was talking with you? He said it was, he had a funny word to describe the game. I, 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 I'm using scrambly and kind of chaos. He called it hyper. He said it was a hyper game to start. And it was like 6-6, six, six, teams were swapping goals. There were a lot of drop passes. There were a lot of unforced errors and turnovers and shorthanded goals and power play goals. And it was tough to find a rhythm in that game. It was entertaining as hell, but it was sloppy lacrosse for the first sort of quarter and a half. And then Vancouver goes on a 4-1 run, 5-1 run to close out the first half and then really start taking over and no mitch jones who's out for the next eight weeks with a broken foot and everybody stepped up on that vancouver warriors offense all seven players well, score it.
1: There it is. the movement
2: was phenomenal they're flinging the ball so well and a pretty complete performance from the goaltending on out for vancouver as well i thought
1: yeah bouquet solid and that's you know, exactly what they need out of Alex Boucase to play like that, and if he does, he's going to give his team a chance to win. The second quarter was really the, the catalyst here for Vancouver, putting up a seven spot, and it was a little back and forth in in the first half, and there were some, like, yeah, you're right, it was, like, sloppy, but then Vancouver came out and just asserted themselves in the second half, like, I think clearly the message was we haven't won bleep yet, boys, so come out and, and just step on them here, and I think that's what they did. Both teams with seven power play opportunities here, 21 minutes. There was a good scrap between Troche and Barker in this one. But again, Brad, you know, with Mitch Jones going down in Colorado, that clearly looked like it affected the team mentally coming out for that game, as they only put up four. But with a week to prepare, Ryan Martell, uh, like Kyle Killen, he can be streaky, but four goals for him, like the kid can just shoot the lights out. It's ridiculous. But for me, Ryan Martell. Like, I don't know what they do now, Brad. Like, when Mitch is healthy and it's going to be a while before he is, when you have four lefts and four rights that you can just plug in and play in this offense, I don't know who you're taking out. For me, it's not Ryan Martell after watching him against Panther City. And this is a former number one overall pick in the WLA, a high draft pick by Calgary. Never really, and I think it's almost a, a real similar situation to what we saw in Saskatchewan with Connor Robinson, where Ryan Martell, I think, was so worried about doing the wrong thing in that Kurt Molowski offense that he just, and he battled some injuries as well and never really kind of found a foothold there. But I think the cuffs have been taken off a little bit here in Vancouver, and they just said, like, we know... What you can do, Ryan, go out and do it, and he's gone out and done it.
2: Yeah, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to take a shot, but they're not silly shots either. So I guess you're you're right. You're playing beside Dane doby you're gonna want You're gonna concede. Like anybody's gonna concede with the ball in their stick playing next to 44. What's he gonna do? How can I get it back to him? How can he get it over to me? But it looks like Ryan Martell has got the light to to shoot the yeah, ball. And they've sort encouraged of it. Like, they, both these guys. Beads had to shoot himself out of a slump. They wanted him to shoot at least 10 shots last game against Colorado. He ate hit on net and then watching morning shoot around Killen and Charlene Beatty's were the last two players off the floor. Everybody was gone for Vancouver. Charlene Beatty's was taking passes from, from Dan Perot and taking shots on an empty net. And Killen was all alone with, um, with Brody Harris, the third string goaltender and both hung around until literally Panther city started spilling out on the floor and they had to get the hell out of there. But like, these are two guys that wanted to dial it in and get their shots going. And they've got the green light to take those opportunities. Cause if they Vancouver up until last game was the, one of the lowest shooting teams yeah. in the league too. They got to look at that and say, you know what? You're not going to score. If you're not taking shots, get some confidence, shoot yourself out of your slumps. And I think that's what a lot of these guys did.
1: Yeah. Discipline was pretty good. And You're right. Every guy on that offense scored a goal. And that's what this offense is going to need. Like guys don't have to have the five, six goal nights if they do great, but everybody needs to chip in with one or two and then get a little production out of your defense and transition. And that's going to be the recipe for success for Vancouver. As they walk into a a real pivotal matchup this weekend, Brad two and four Saskatchewan coming to town. Vancouver lost to him earlier. They're three and three. And this is like a separate yourself game here for the warriors. And it's, it's, it's a big matchup on deck here. And I, I'm real intrigued to see if they can come out and just do it again, do it again. Poor,
2: poor Panther city. Like they're the team that everyone's sort of getting Right against like Sask had to blow up on Panther city. And now Sask looks like Sask again, Vancouver has to put 17 up on Panther city. And now everyone's high on Vancouver again Cause that was a pretty dominating performance. How do they do it against a team that is trending in the, in the right direction now and, and putting it together. So I think this will be a really good as it was in week three, here we are in week 11 and a game against Saskatchewan is another big measuring stick. They fall by one, back in week three in Vancouver, what are they going to do in week 11 against Saskatchewan? And now I think
1: PCLC has San Diego this weekend. Like, oh man, a little worry. But listen, there's some nice pieces there in Panther City. Like I, that was kind of my first opportunity to watch Phil Caputo up close and personal on a regular rotation. I really like his game. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought Will Malcolm was really impressive in his his time there on the left side i think he had three and let's not forget here hammer jackson who congrats to him was recently signed by the archers in the pll for all his hard work and has been one of the better draw guys in the nll so far well they didn't have jeremy thompson so it was the tractor Matty Hossick taking face offs and he did quite well against jackson i would say
2: he actually won in the percentage battle. And I think without winning a single yeah, clean. one cleanly to yeah. himself, like we were Teddy and I were talking to um, a couple of the coaching staff uh, shoot around. We're like, who's taking draws tonight? They're like, good question. Cause I don't even think it, they didn't <laughs> know. Like Pat, Patrick Foley took, I know they're probably shitting us, but Patrick Foley took 5 faceoffs outside of Jeremy Thompson's like 132 or something. So he was the only guy that actually took a draw. He wasn't season. even playing no. Yeah. So yeah, they go with Hossick, and it was just, it was a five man unit every time. You was just, muck just it up. if, it, if muck it up, if hammer Jackson, one, one attack them, pop it out. And they, yeah, they ended up getting, they scored a couple goals off of, off transition off face-offs. And it was really tidy event there. And you mentioned bright spots for PCLC. Like my two guys were Grannon and Medeiros who like, I just love small gritty getting your face, score a goal I think um, they need more like out players, of Grannon. Madero, so right?
1: I'll give you... I didn't think Brennan brought a whole lot to the table there on Saturday night, personally.
2: He he did okay. Like, I like how he was gritty, and he's fighting for loose balls, and he's going to get under your skin, and that's what that team's going to do. They need a whole group like that of sort of lunch-pail, underdog-type guys. They got that from, from Trottier a little bit, and, yeah, I do think the youth... and Well, there's that, another there's guy we didn't is even mention, out.
1: Brad, is, is Taylor Stewart, who... Didn't finish that game for Vancouver, but I thought Stewie looked real comfortable in that Vancouver. Like I noticed him a lot in that first half.
2: Yeah. And then it was noticeable when he was gone, he was carrying the, he was carrying the ball up a lot. I think it was pretty comfortable for him to to slide in. Yeah. It, It was, I think it was pretty easy for him to slide into that room. You know, this is a BC boy. He's played with some of these guys. He's friends with some of these guys on and off the floor. So. Uh, yeah. And I think that was, he just wasn't playing the Panther city really wants guys that are going to grow with this team. And I don't think they're like, is, is Taylor Stewart going to be a, uh, going to sign with us next year as a, as an RFA? Like, we don't know. So they wanted to invest in the Grenons and the Trottiers of the world and get these guys some reps. Yeah, and no, that's fair. And I think Vancouver Stewart can scoop right in. I think it's a comfortable spot for him.
1: Well, I think he fits the mold perfectly for what van where Vancouver's at in their development as well. Like I think right in the age group and and like the familiarity and all that, I think just fits seamlessly into this team as well. So looking forward to seeing a little more of Taylor Stewart as that was the week that was, Seven for seven over here, Brad a poultry three. Se- for- you
2: went seven for seven. Seven
1: for seven. Are bud- you kidding me? Nope. Oh,
2: man, without a coin, that is that is pretty impressive. I haven't been seven. I think it was week one. I was seven for well, seven. Well, I think there were seven that
1: people that went seven for seven. So I didn't. Jeez. I didn't get to play the Rocky. Championship music there because I didn't take down the overall title, but yeah, but got myself back into the mix with a big seven for seven week. With all that all being time. said, Brad, uh, throw on the cowboy hat, the boots there, and strap on the saddle, tighten up the stirrups. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. <laughs> <laughs> The Stampede Attack and Western Wear Stables are Stampede Stallions of the week. But before we tell you, or we're actually going to go back, I don't know if this is going to work as well because they're current players. Like, I don't know how we do the guessing because they're current, because when they were older guys, you could kind of lead into it because there were some. So we'll see how that goes. But I think we're going to try and guess each other's stallions this week, Uh, bringing back what, what Jamie introduced to us. But before we get to all that, 2022 is well underway, and at Stampede Tack and Western Wear, we have been working hard to make sure we keep adding to our selection of great products for our customers. New styles are always arriving in-store from brands like Blundstone, Ariat, Wrangler, Stetson, and more. Be sure to hit the trail early and stop by Stampede for the best selection for ladies, men's, kids' clothing, and boots as well. Whether for work or play, Stampede Tack Will make your day. Located in Cloverdale since 1966 or online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping Logo, You go first. Uh, Give me your first kind of clue here on your stampede. Well, the
2: the, the shitty thing about this new system that you've invented here, Jumbo, is that one clue and I'm going to guess prep, we couldn't prep this so how many times are we going to pick the same guy like I guarantee you right now we have the same guy you think so, so without even knowing who you've gone I guarantee you we have the same guy right now <laughs> okay. so how is this going to go every week I don't know well
1: yeah maybe we shouldn't do that
2: go just tell me who your stallion is how about that screw no, it. I'll give you this I'll give you the stat line I'll give you the stat line it's it's an easy giveaway Rebound. five loose five loose no <laughs> No, five loose balls. That's a third of what Bowering got. Okay. Less than a third of what Bowering got. Um five, loose, five balls. loose balls, one cause turnover, one block shot, one fight. Oh, it's on Barker. And you were probably you were you
1: gonna go Barker too? No, I was going Reed Bowering for seventeen loose balls in a goal uh, and a you know, okay. short man okay. unit and all I mean, no surprise, I think I'm, we're both going Warriors, but Uh, i'm calling
2: it an owen barker hat trick yeah okay a a cause turnover block shot in a fight is an owen barker hat trick They get a similar stat line in colorado last week just the motor and sort of the heart and soul of the vancouver warriors d this season he's relentless he's unpredictable he takes chances he gets out on hands and sometimes he can get out of position but he recovers quickly He's a thorn in every player's side of the National Lacrosse League. We'll talk about him with Connor Robinson in the sec, too. Um, we foreshadow a little bit, but Owen Barker is a pain in the ass, but he's also a pretty fundamentally sound defender, and he's doing
1: everything for the Vancouver Warriors right now. Looks pretty good in, like, a tie eyed wrestling vest as well. Uh,
2: the, ult- the ultimate warrior garb, yes. Kyle Killing the Warrior of the Week. Ride of Don't. Armstrong,
1: B.C. Go. Uh, Reed Bowering, Brad, we just mentioned it 17 loose balls, a goal, two assists, four shots on goal, two cause turnovers, plays on the faceoff team, plays on the short man, plays a transition. Like the kid, if you needed him up on offense, I'm convinced could put up 20 in this league easily. He might still do it in a transition role this year as a rookie, Brad. Like what Reed Bowring is doing. As a rookie in this league, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw something like this. He is only trailing Trevor Baptiste in the loose ball total, and the kid hasn't taken a face off all year long. It's insane how he has not only a knack to know where the ball is going to be, but then the handles like his stick and his hands, the way he comes away with the ball and then gets out of trouble and then makes the right decision after that as a rookie it's it's insane and right now i'm giving my rookie of the year to re but this week i'm giving him the stampede stalling of the week
2: yeah 17 loose balls that's he's got 76 on the season that puts him on pace for 229 which is a rookie record that would be more than smashed it brody merrill's 213 and zach courier's 200 and then you've got face-off guys like Steiner, Baptiste, and Jordan Macintosh. I think you took some some draws as a rookie back mm. in 2012 as well. But again, Twitter Spaces yesterday. You've been doing this, with, or you will be doing this with the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, the yeah, thanks for showing up by the way. Game day, way. one o'clock on a Sunday. Come on. Man. like that's. Uh, I listened to the I listened to the replay All this right. morning. But right. you asked Bowering about his loose balls. And he kind of articulate, he articulated it very well. Like most guys are just going to say, Oh God given talent. And he did say there was a bit of that, but he did describe the way that worked before he's even he down scooping, but it works at it. But even though, before he goes down, he knows where his exit's going to be. He knows where the outlet pass is going to be. He knows where he can run to safety. He's got the body that's built to, to get in and get out of trouble. Like the way that he, sometimes it's one handed. Sometimes it's a strong two hand. Sometimes he cradles it out of trouble and he can take a couple slashes and take a bump, but he's got this sort of stocky frame that gets him out of trouble and yeah, he's making an impact. You're right. He's making it back. I can't remember a young rookie transition player that has been as, solid and sturdy as he has through his first six games no
1: like even when he stays up to play a shift on offense like i watched him get wide open three times in a row just on slip picks alone like he just he gets it he gets well i
2: wanted i wanted you to ask him why he why he never played offense in in junior why they put him on that and why but
1: he's good everywhere well i mean it depends on your your roster but yeah i guess it's
2: kind of like i think there was guys um ahead of them as far as like denon and, and those yeah guys sure played, but and he kind of did like child did everything and he, he played where they needed it so was kind to of like play. the next one there
1: he played where they yeah and I'll, I, I got an idea for you next time you want a question asked show up and ask it yourself okay you have to let me off mute though yeah i will Okay. Raise your hand. Uh, again, a huge opening quarter here for EP 170. Lots more to go here on Lacrosse Classified. We got the voice of the Albany Firewalls coming up in quarter number two. Brendan Glasheen will join us next here on Lacrosse Classified. Right after this.
3: Hey, this is Dane Smith with the
1: Buffalo Bands and Chaos Lacrosse Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter, we move here on EP 170. J. Kelly, Brad Schallender with you. And with us are Rycor Construction as well. RICOR Construction, make it stand out. I want to—I failed to do it last week, so I'm going to do it this week. RICOR Construction, info at rycorconstruction.ca. That's the email, phone number 604-751-1534, 751-1534. If you want to give the folks at Rycor Construction a call, or give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram and see their work live and in person. Fabulous stuff, uh, this interview brought to you by Rycor, And back on the podcast is the voice of the ESPN Game of the Week, the voice of the Albany Thunderwer- Thunder. What did I just say? Thunderwolves? Firewolves. Where did that come from? Firewolves. The Maine Celtics, uh, a bunch of other stuff as well. Brendan Glashine back on the pod. Glash, thanks for doing this. How are things back there on the East Coast? Doing great.
3: Great. Great to be back with the All Talk, No Action group here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. we got got to
3: bring that back. Let's go. Doing well, though. The uh, the Albany got hit with some snow. The Thunderwolves. The Thunderwolves, yes yeah. uh, Never heard of them So, um, <laughs> so uh, good, to, good to hear another franchise Next to Kevich Expansion
1: exists There you no go um, <laughs> But no, things are good Thanks for having me Yeah, our pleasure, man uh, Big weekend for Albany This past weekend With the, the home and home I love the home and homes, Brennan Like, I, I really think the NLL Needs to look at doing more of this When they can But uh, a split there this weekend between the swarm and and the firewolves uh what did you see both on on friday and saturday night between those two clubs
3: i don't i don't know if they were thrilled about it though jumbo because the travel saturday was yeah. was hectic i guess no my to, problem true uh <laughs> i guess to your point though location like maybe not do georgia maybe yeah. do like I hear albany you. philly right yeah. or vancouver York, calgary Buffalo. yeah Right. So that was, that was hectic. Now both teams said it, both coaches said it throughout the week. Hey, we're both doing it. Right. So they were all on the same flight. They uh, got delayed. The firewolves never checked into the hotel. They went straight to the arena from the airport on Saturday, same case for Georgia, but um, yeah, that's pretty tough. fantastic stuff. That's right. Tough, I mean, man. both Friday, Friday's game in Georgia and then Saturday's game in Albany, the score was nearly identical Um, a one-goal game Friday, 13-12, and then Saturday was 13-11. So very – but very – like, both teams did a 180, right? Like, the Firewolves got a 2-0 lead Friday. Georgia gets a 2-0 lead in Albany. And then each team went on a massive run. Firewolves use a 6-0 run. Their offense is really starting to click. Dougie's the story. Their defense really gets everything going for them, no doubt about it. But offensively, with Resseteritz, Rue, they didn't have Q. He's dealing with an ankle right now. But Banesh, the Banesh edition has been fantastic. They they are piecing it together, man. And Daryl Gibson is very, very excited about that offensive coordinator. It's starting to look like how he envisioned uh, after putting up 12 and then putting up 13. Offensively, they're still there's still, I think, a ways away, like for their standards, consistency wise. But offensively, they they've been they've been built to be unselfish and keep that ball humming around East West. And it's starting to come to fruition. So I think if they can get consistent offense, they can bail out their defense every once in a while. And I think we saw that over the weekend. And
2: until, until this weekend, Albany hadn't scored in double digits. I think they might've hit 10 once, but they hadn't had scored more than 10 goals in a game. They do it twice on back-to-back nights, which is tough to do. And you mentioned reciterates and, and Banesh looking like he's finally starting to fit into that offense. Um, it is unselfish, but uh, let, let's talk about Dougie because I think he was stumbled out of the gates a little bit, wasn't the goaltender of the year, Dougie, that we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, Glash, that the weight loss might have thrown him off a little bit and it might have taken him a little while to adjust to this new body and that he's, he's just a different shape and a different goaltender than he was a year and a half, two years ago? It's, it's, like, bro- it's like
1: broadcasting with, with or without eyebrows, essentially, right? Throws you off a little bit. There it is.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, uh, you gotta know your body, right? Jumbo. I mean, you gotta, maybe Dougie didn't know how to adjust using his new physique, um, out of the gate. Uh, Brad, honestly, I don't, I really don't think so. Like, cause he, they, he played well in Toronto, you know, like, it's not like he, it's not like he put together like back to back stinkers. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Clarky says this all the time. Out of I think the every gate though,
1: Glass, this. he was a little, little sluggish. Like it wasn't, the Dougie that Mm. we're used to, but over the last, I want to say three, four games, we've seen the reigning goaltender of the year. Doug Jameson, I think just out of the gates, the first couple three were sub Dougie level.
3: Okay. That's fair. I think, well, a big piece to this is we have to give a lot of credit to the guys in front of him. Manny and Bombberry were both out the first two games of the year. They got both of them back for Sask and Sask at home, and then the game against Halifax, it was evident. The game in Philly, excuse me, the game in Philly. um, They played next, one of our Game of the Weeks. Those two keep everyone in sync in front of them. And Clem D'Arazio. also, Coach, uh, Clem was not in Albany for that Rochester game, so take that for what it's worth. Clem not being there as a communicator to help get through. So you don't have Clem, you don't have Manny, you don't have Bomberry, who did miss the other night against Georgia, the second night. Um, they found a way. But um, I think the communication in front of him is huge. Dougie's still young. He's 25 years old. And I think when you have veterans in front of you, like a Downing, like a Manny, like a Bomberry that can help relay the message. And now you got guys like Tchaikovsky and Watkinson taking the next step. John LaFontaine, also a, a great defender, Nishimura. Um, they've just got a lot of pieces. It's a great mix of veterans. And I just think now they're they're hitting stride because Dougie has some help in terms of communication in front of him, and then he just also, as you both know, makes highlight reel, unstoppable plays in the goal that he can bail you out too. I think
2: we set our I think we set our bar high for Dougie too, right? Like I don't mean to say he stumbled out of the gates; like he was slow to get going, but our bar is just so high that we yeah. wanted him to steal games from game one, and now he's doing that later in this season. Um, one thing we heard Paul Day talk about, and I think you spoke about it on a broadcast a couple of weeks ago, Glash, is that, you know, Albany kind of plays a bit of a zone defense, a little bit different look than some of the other national lacrosse league teams play. And I knew it threw off Philly. And I think they did a little bit of that this weekend against Georgia too. Have you heard coach Clark talk about his D system sort of philosophy wise at all? Is that something that they're, they're conscious of?
3: Yes, very much. So they, they want, The firewolves want their defense to ignite their offense. They want to use transition to make it difficult for teams to get in rhythm. But it starts, Brad and and Jake, it starts on offense. And and, and Clarkey's admitted this. He wanted to build it six years ago now in New England. Their five-year plan was: we want to emulate Georgia in the sense that when we take a shot offensively, if you're going to go after a loose ball, unless you're, you know, Lyle Thompson, you better get it because we want to make sure we're back in our defensive zone, preventing those guys to get out of the door and get set up and even get into five on five. And that was evident Saturday in Albany, the firewolves made that adjustment. So I think defensively, they just do such a very efficient job substituting and getting in the right place at the right time, slipping off picks, which was an adjustment they made, I think in the Halifax game, they did not have Clark Peterson in that game. Um, they basically challenged Austin Shanks to beat them and shoot from the outside and really make their righties beat them. Um, and they made a little run in the third quarter. And then Dougie tightened it up again. But um, yes, they, very much so. They they are they have they are of the mindset. Let's get into transition and then be very crisp. Getting our substitutes out there going from offense to defense and getting in the right position so that when we slip under screens, we're fresh and we can get into our, into our stuff. They're just very connected, very much. So very connected unit.
1: Yeah. And, and that starts at the top with, with the GM and the coaching staff, as we speak with Brendan Glasheen, and of course, you know, the move from new England to Albany and and a couple of three home games there now, Brendan and, and I know Russ and, and Oliver and George have been working real hard with that franchise to engage the fan base there. What's it been like at MVP arena, which I think is the coolest named arena in our league. Tell you one thing, the unis on those firewalls road and away. Th- double thumbs up for me, but what's it been like there in Albany since, since they've kicked things off.
3: Yeah, it's been, it's been really neat Um, this past weekend. The the Lyle recognition was pretty cool. Yeah. Lyle and Resseteritz uniting. And that, and that was kind of, it was a little tricky going in, right? Because you don't want, you you want to, of course, support your team, right? Like like it's, it's a Firewolves home game, right? Well, you get so coach like, Marr
1: there and then you didn't have to, you just step in between the two of them and say, listen, yeah. we're all Danes <laughs> at the end of the day,
3: right? Yeah. But I, th- I think that it, it's a smart fan base when they had the attack there. Some of the stories, the coaches have been telling us, like Eddie Como is telling us the story. The last time he was there was when he was an assistant under Les Bartley with Toronto. And The last time he was there, it was a win with the Toronto Rock defeating the Albany attack. And at the time, Clark, was playing. Gibby was playing. Dan Linatisaur was playing. So there's history. And I think fans are aware of it. And I even even at the team hotel in in Albany, I ran into some folks from Connecticut that have been making the trip to Mm. Albany. They drive the extra 45 minutes Instead of the Mohegan Sun, they go to MVP arena and they, they just love the guys. It's a really, really great group, man. I mean, like it starts with, I've, I've said their names a few times, but it starts with the Mannies, the La Fontaine's, the Bomberries, just, just pros. And they really do understand um, that folks were, were were disappointed about, about the move, but Albany has such a rich tradition with the, with the university uh, at U Albany, And um Of course, the roots of what Lyle and Scott Marr have built uh, in the Thompson family as a whole, I should say, um, they know their lacrosse, that they understand it. And I think now this this is just a bigger picture thing. I think now with college lacrosse being back, I think that is going to help a ton when folks are starting to go to the U Albany games, they can kind of help Mm cross-promote. I think the Buffalo Bills no longer playing helps as well <laughs> um, in terms of football kind of wrapping up and that's across the board, right? For Especially for the teams in the States to get attendance up and folks in Buffalo with the bandits can understand. I think they had one of their best crowds of the year the other day. So um, it's, 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 it's in great shape, Jake. It's in great shape.
1: Higher attendance you, than the Sabres uh, got word today that the Buffalo Bandits outdrew the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, wow. that's, that's, well, Wow. Two teams heading in complete opposite directions. Well, right and the
2: best. and the, we talked about it in Vancouver last week. Like the best marketing tool is winning. Yeah. And Albany yeah. has that right now. Vancouver, I think that was the best atmosphere Vancouver's had in a long time. They got a win. So those stands will be back this Friday against Saskatchewan. Glash, is your yeah. broadcast booth really in the corner of the rink? Like paint paint this picture for us broadcasters selfishly to know what it's like to call a game from the corner.
3: Yeah, that's uh
1: it's that's not ideal not ideal but it's doable we're we're
3: working on it now the arena is an older arena it really has to do with the arena uh brad it's an older it's an older building um i think the hope is to maybe center us up at some point so we're basically in seats like we're we would be in we're basically in a handicapped wheelchair section where our table is yeah and we look down so it was like what the road
0: guy
1: had to do in new england
3: yeah yeah. It, yes. Very much. That's a good, good call. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I missed that New England. Right. Yeah. It
1: really was great. It, really was great. <laughs> yeah, it, was
3: it makes spot. you wonder you're like, Oh man, we were spoiled. We were spoiled at Mohegan. It was great. Um, but anyway, um, very unique. I mean, when the, when the goalie fight happened, that was right down on top of the action. We saw that right away. So in the first quarter, it's a, I, admittedly, I'm making excuses now for myself. It's a little challenging when the opposite, when it's not the firewolves, the opposition's on the other side of the floor to start on offense. So that's, a, that was a little tricky at first. I'm like, Oh boy. And sometimes some of these numbers, these jerseys, so most oh, of these jerseys are yeah, sharp.
1: No, don't get me started here. Brendan. Oh, yeah. Panther
3: city, Panther city was a bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah. And when just, they're uh, running towards you, right. That makes it even more challenging. When you can't even see their backs. Number. Normally you get like they cross by your eye vision. You can pick up on the back, but when they're running directly at you,
0: right. that makes Percentive. it a
1: challenge. Uh, well, let's stick with the broadcasting here, Brennan, because you, you have the pleasure of calling games with Chaos Lacrosse Club head coach Andy Towers, which just seems to me like it'd be a whole lot of fun. And I'm reluctant to, to name off this next guy, your partner out there on the ESPN Game of the Week, because uh, I was listening to Mr. Luxurious on on Back of the Bird, and he said Back of the Bird was his favorite lacrosse podcast, which I was a little upset over, but I'll still mention Mitchell Belisle you get you get a, a nice little double dip here towers and Belial. it's going to be a lot of fun for you this year
3: they are they are terrific Mitch to me he, his ceiling is so hot he's so good I mean I did I did one of the first games Mitch ever did in 2000 and, and Jake you've been on before with the folks over at Lack Sports Network sure. that was Mitch's first games he did he did a couple of, we did a game at Towson we did Towson Georgetown I just remember like at the time he's Mitch is like, Natural. I, I, think Natural. What, I think what folks don't realize about what this job is, especially for an analyst, they can have it all upstairs mentally, but then it's executing, right? It's about how you deliver on the air. And I don't need to, that, that's not, that sounds so obvious, but Mitch has so much information, but he's doing such a great job game in game out now, helping viewers understand why something like the who what when where why is huge for an analyst to help someone understand why someone was in that position if i'm watching a game on tv like don't repeat what folks can see on the replay but you can help them why someone was where they were or why so and so off ball figured this is where i'm going to be or the person who did score the goal why did they go uh short side as opposed as opposed to far side just things like that that folks especially as you both uh, can, can relate to teaching the new fan in, in the States here. Um, Mitch has been awesome. And then if, with Andy, he's still very new to this, but his energy is, has carried along. And he's got, he doesn't even understand. And I, I told him this, like you don't even realize with the, with the PLL experience and when you're miked up on the sidelines and the way he talks to his team, like you've already kind of got experience with this, Andy. Like you're on the air, whether you know it or not, with the way you're mic'd up. So I just think uh,
1: you get on his workout lucky. workout program yet on, on Andy's. Uh, I know you've been getting the the Peloton and the the Fitbit and all that stuff, yeah. going, on, but uh, Andy's next level when it comes to that.
3: Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's great. He's he's very receptive to. Um, just trying to get better and learn. He's, he's learning more of like the, 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 the business side or just the technical stuff of trying to execute a show. But um, the shows that Mitch on uh, the ESPN shows have been, have been great. He's, he's, and, he's excellent. He is. And Andy's
2: scouting players. I was thinking that the other night. I'm like, he's just looking for guys that he's going to invite to <laughs> chaos. only yeah. so well, that's you why he's got gig, he went out and man. got Q? Did you guys notice yeah. that? He went yeah. out and we got yeah. Q from some cannons. Been impressed, been impressed with what he's, with what he's seen so far for yep. sure. Um, two games one, I want to hit with you quick while we still got you, is um Albany's going to play Rochester this weekend, the first time mm. since that goalie fight. Rochester is on uh, a bad skid mm. right now, looking to get right. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be pissed off. But does any bad blood spoil into this game?
1: Let's hope so. Yes. Yes.
3: What I will say is after seeing the team Saturday night after the Georgia win, they were thrilled to get the split. And Andy, Andy, towers actually said this. He walked by the, the coaching staff from the firewolves. So Gibby Glenn, and he said, Hey, you'd rather get the second one than the first one, mm-hmm. because now Georgia has got to think about that loss for the next five, six days. Yeah, And uh, the staff got a kick out of that. They're like, Oh, we never thought of it that way. But, the, but yes, they are like, Oh, great. We got our, we got a chance to get some revenge here at, uh at Rochester and um set things right. And it's a conference game. I mean, I think the fact that there are, to, 19, uh, to 18 game regular season and basically all but two or three games, you're playing a conference game every night. That's great. I mean, that to me yeah. is that, yeah. that, I, that like it. I like the Every time. time, yeah. The yeah. other game yes. you're going to be a
2: part of is the ESPN game of the week: New York Riptide at Georgia. I didn't really pick up on this, but Ty Marrow pointed it out to Jumbo and I a couple nights ago on Twitter Spaces. He says Georgia has been horrible at home, so they get the week. We thought I thought the road teams were going to win the back -back you were wrong weekend the home teams yeah jumbo was right i was right getting it yep but georgia back at home new york riptide getting better by the week um what do you expect for this one on the espn game of the week this weekend i I love the banter with you (laughs) too oh you just wait
1: you just wait till the fourth quarter pal you just wait
3: i i reached out to both of you after you called the colorado vancouver game when it was Seven nothing, I think, out of the gate. I just, I, you guys are great. I, I i thought you guys were excellent. I mean, that like you guys are I appreciate good it. back and forth. We appreciate Thanks, it. Buddy. Um, we, we get anyway. along sometimes, yeah. yeah uh, okay, <laughs> to, to answer your question, uh, yeah, because opening night, Colorado was in Georgia and Colorado completely blitzed them. And I thought that it was, of course, Zed making a return there. And I'm thinking, oh, like. Georgia should be a a little more connected here, I would think, compared to them. But I I guess not. So, um, yeah, first first look for me at New York. I'm excited to see what that looks like. So get to see Callum again and see how that that group's coming together. Callum was, I think he entered Saturday as the league leader in scoring.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. Get it, ready to say he's behind, shoots behind Lyle right now. A so, lot. Yeah.
2: The two leading scorers in the
1: league. are going to go ahead and <laughs> to say Tom the word Tom Tom scores proper. a lot. Pretty I think, good. I think yeah. we're in for a goal fest here.
3: I think, look, I think New York, I think New York's playing better. Like they, they, they nearly got Buffalo. Um, but any given night, as we know, like Panther city gave them trouble when Panther city had a, had a ton of COVID issues. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I, I think what we noticed from Georgia Friday is they played any, Eddie, Eddie Como said this on our conference call before the Albany weekend. He said, they don't have a column in the standings called close yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't help but laugh. Like, he's like, Oh, he played in close games. They have a younger team defensively. I think guys like TJ Camizio has been really uh, fun to watch in front. Uh, McSpadden had a, had a nifty goal the other day. Wiedemann's coming along. So they've got some pieces there defensively that are getting better in front of Poolin. And on offense, Ethan Walker's been getting better every game. Like he's huge for them, I think, right? Yeah, because now but I thought going into the year, and I think we might have talked about this over the summer, but I think the key to, for Georgia on offense is who's going to be the next Randy Stotts? Because I think you've got Lyle, you've got Shane. Who's that next guy? to fill in the gaps yeah it's ethan walker
1: Um, i mean there's no i don't think there's any question about it brendan where where they picked him in the draft they need to invest in this kid and he needs to to return the favor but he's got to get reps and he's got to get playing time i know you gotta jump on another call here so i'll give you some time to to pluck your eyebrows before that comes up uh (laughs) brendan we appreciate your time here on lax glass enjoy the weekend you lucky bastard getting to call two games uh I I've enjoyed it so far this year and I will continue to do so. Thanks for doing this.
3: Thanks. You guys are great. Be good. And hopefully at some point, I know, I know it's challenging with the schedules and whatnot, but maybe, maybe see you
1: down the road. Wouldn't oh,
3: that would not be something? Hope so. Hope so. Thanks dude. Hope have so. a great weekend. Have a good call. Okay.
1: Thanks guys. There you go. Voice of the Albany firewalls voice of the ESPN game of the week. Uh, the eyebrows have grown back in here, Brad, Brendan Glasheen, uh, always a good chat with
2: glass. We didn't ask him about Tom Brady though. That was uh that was an oversight on on our part. Bit of a bit <laughs> no, of a you're, you're muted, a I'm of, not letting
1: you get in there, yeah. Bit of a
2: quiet week for <laughs> for Glash. But yeah, one of the good guys in the National Lacrosse League and he's got to call a lot of games this year, so we wanted to pick his brain about the Almighty firewolves. He's seen them up close and
1: preview the ESPN game of the week. Yeah. It's going to be a fun weekend. Another big weekend on deck here for Week 11. I love it. Uh, This next guy that we're going to talk to after halftime here is going to be involved in the upcoming weekend as well. He put in six for his Colorado Mammoth and a big win over the Calgary Roughnecks. Those two are hooking up again this weekend. Got himself a bit of a bloody beak as well. Connor Robinson next here on Lax Glass. Quarter three is right around the corner
2: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level
4: Hey, this is Kevin Crowley from the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for
1: all things NLL and box lacrosse. Second half action is now underway here on Lax Class, uh, but not before I tell you about Associated Labels and packaging. AssociatedLP.com, focusing on ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned, over 40 years of experience in Coquitlam, my hometown. Need a label, need a package. Those are your people. Associated labels. Packaging. Now, back on the podcast. Colorado Mammoth, number 96, Connor Robinson. Robbo, uh, man, bloody nose, six goals. Quite the uh, event down there at Ball Arena over the weekend. How how's how are you doing? Like, that, that did not look pretty. Well, the no, game did, but good. not your face, I want to say.
4: <laughs> no thanks for having me on joe But no it was it, it looked worse than it was uh it happened last week when we played the warriors i got in a little uh little argument with barker so he caught me with one and it just reopened the last play of the game but no it was it was unfortunate but good thing we got the win i thought it looked kind of cool had to get that all patched up after the game <laughs> but yeah big win for everyone overall down here at the loud house yeah you got video evidence you got photo evidence you looked like a like
2: a champ and feeling good man the sock trick fell in you guys shut out calgary in the fourth quarter and going a seven goal run to finish that game after being down um what was going right in the offensive end of things in the second half of that game for you guys
4: you know our offense is just we had ups and downs in the beginning putting up 16 the first game and then and then getting blown out and only putting up four against san diego but i think we really found our our stride as an offense overall um a lot of the a lot of the talk on the bench is just zero negativity. It's all positive. What's next? You know, you screw up on, on one shift. It's what's next. Who's going to get one? And luckily, it was me last night. But, you know, I might be the one putting it in the net. But, you know, there's five guys out there working. And they might not get the credit, but they're the ones getting me open there. So, I think our five-man unit is just we're working really well. Especially our left side, me, Eli, Chris. And... And Kinnear are out there grinding, we're banging bodies, and it's it's awesome how anyone can kind of play any spot on our offense, and everyone's a threat at all times.
1: Here with Connor Robinson, Colorado Mammoth, and I'm not exactly sure how to ask this question, Connor, but, you know, fifth overall draft pick to the Saskatchewan Rush, and it just never really worked there in tune, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure why, maybe you might have a better handle on it, but... You know, it was it was a bit of a battle to get into the lineup. And then from my point of view, it looked like when you got in there, it was like you were so worried about running the right system or running the right play that it kind of took away from your freedom and your skill to to do what you do. And it just didn't didn't click there. But clearly you have found a home here in Colorado and playing like the Connor Robinson that got you drafted in the first round. What what has been the difference? Has it been the personnel? Is it the system, or is it just a fresh start, less pressure? You tell me. Uh, you know what?
4: I think it's. Uh, I think you nailed quite a few, kind of a few points. I don't think it's one specific thing. I think it's a, a little mix of everything. You know, coming in, obviously, you know, working your whole whole life and finally get to the NLL, a little bit Star Trek. So, I mean, it it wasn't good for me you know, going into every single game wondering if I was in or not kind of let the nerves get the better of me. So definitely a fresh start. And then just having Patty Coyle down here, having Bish as my offensive coach playing with multiple guys that I've played with throughout the years. It kind of, it kind of let me be the player that I knew I, was going to be and i'm capable of being and you know it was just i i forgot how to have fun so just down here has been an absolute blast you know we kind of yeah x's and o's are important but the main thing is just going out there and we play this game because we love this game you know you guys down here you guys do a podcast i play this game because i love it so and that's not, kind of not, not to thinking. look
1: good right connor you don't play it to no you didn't get in the game to look good right absolutely not no no
2: and that's we why we podcast game. and we're not on video because we don't care about uh we don't we don't, we don't look as good either yeah. all yeah, good. We, we all got the face for
1: radio if you're on the podcast <laughs> well listen you you we were chatting a little bit before we hit the record button here and we were asking you if you're down in Denver and you're living down there And you rattled off about 10 other guys that are are living in market, and it's not a luxury or or a reality for a lot of other teams. And I would think that that has to go a long way to your guys' early season success here. Not only, you know, having a chance to get out and shoot the ball around a little bit more, but coming together closer as a team, hanging out and all that sort of stuff.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we finally got Niersy down here last week, so he was the last piece of the puzzle. But yeah, I think we have 10 or 11 guys down here and on the four stuff's important, but just kind of building that relationships and building those connections off the floor, whether that's just hanging out, going out, just just spending time with your teammates. It sucks when you got to fly in; you only see most of the guys for 48 hours at most. What are you guys doing home. down there?
1: What are you I know I know COVID has locked things down a lot for, for the lacrosse side of things, but when you guys have some free time, what's happening down there in Denver? Or can uh, you tell us? I don't know.
4: You know, you know, watching film, doing push ups, hitting the gym, going for runs. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: You're starting <laughs> no, to sound we, uh, like Lomas now,
4: yeah. <laughs> no, we've been uh we've been playing a lot of Halo. Halo's okay. our game. A lot of us brought down our consoles, so we like to get online. Me and Lager have been trying to to get out and do stuff. But unfortunately every time we plan it out, it's just either way too cold or it just starts snowing. So we're trying to get out and kind of explore the mountains a little bit in beautiful Denver, but yeah. uh, we're going to be getting going out. But the big thing, what we started to do, we started doing a weekly game night. So I drove down after Christmas, I packed up all my stuff and I brought down about 10, 15 board games. Oh my. So yeah, we'll all pile into my place. Well, Have a couple drinks and we'll play board games. Try to try to do it once a week. So it's just another thing. Just try to build those connections, build that camaraderie between teammates. Logan Shosters shared some uh, nightmare roommate (laughs) stories about living
2: with Eli McLaughlin out here in Ladner. Connor, uh, what's he like as a roommate? I heard he doesn't vacuum.
4: No, no, no. I, I, I think eli's just trying to get or Logan's trying to get under Eli's skin. He's he is what you want out of a roommate. Slow cooker Sunday oh we don't have a slow cooker yet. Oh. i've been grinding oh, so no. that's, the, that's the only snippet about living with eli is not having the slow cooker sunday because he cranky always talks spo- about it
2: cranky sports has to send you guys one stat yeah, what's right. going on there um, i know connor what's the jump what you guys were kind of kicking in a little bit there but what how would you describe the difference between the offense in saskatchewan
4: the offense in in colorado i think the offense in saskatchewan it's I mean, you don't have a player like Matthews or Benny Mack or Church and not try to utilize them as much as possible. So the offense kind of ran through all those three, which was very successful for them. But I think on our offense, it's sure we got Leiser, Digger, and Zed on the right side, but then you got me, Eli, Chris, and Kinnear on the left. And you can't really key on one guy because if you do, it kind of opens up somebody else. And fortunately for me last week, I popped off. But, I mean, Leiser, Eli, Chris, Digger – they all got the potential to go off. So it's, you got to take care of all five of us versus just, you got to key on one or two players. Right.
2: For sure. Yeah. yeah leezy has been ridiculous. Like he's on pace for, he's actually on pace. We kicked it around a few minutes ago for a record amount of assists in a single season right now. He's just, his no lookers across the floor were ridiculous the other night. Um, what, you know, what's it like playing with him and how ready you'd have to be every time he's got the ball in his stick.
4: Uh, you definitely got to be ready. It's always funny because even last game it's, he's looking at me, but I know he's not going to pass, but whenever he's not looking at me, I'm gripping my stick a little tight, wondering where this ball is going to go. But, uh, no, these awesome on that right side. Um, he's just able to, to find people when he has the ball on his stick. He always has his head up. So even if we have that half second or that six inches of space, he's going to be able to feed it in for us, but then also off ball, he's just so shifty, especially with the big body, like digger in the middle, just banging bodies up. You can kind of see laser just kind of spurt out and find that little glimpse. And he just has that quick first step to get himself open. So it's quite easy to, to give the ball and get the ball from laser.
1: I'm trying to remember where he was drafted. Like a bunch of teams. Like I think it was second. He was
2: Colorado's only pick in that. draft. I think it was the third round. Like, Oh, the only pick in that draft. So wait, like Colorado had to make the most of the one pick they had. And I think it was 2018 and sure. As shit, What did a ever snipe.
4: What a <laughs> snipe.
1: Absolutely. A sleeper
4: pick in the third round. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, I've seen you wear a few different numbers over your career, Connor, but 96, what, where, why, what, what's going on with 96? Uh, you know what
4: the, you know, me jumbo. I like three. I've always worn three, but Timmy Edwards beat me to that. So he looks good in it. So I thought I was going to mix it up. I thought I was going to try little double digits, uh, what number? Sorry. 3, 77, 40. I like kind of like the double digits. Um, But then, yeah, no, just I wasn't too picky about it. So I thought I'd pick 96 the year I was born. So okay. Okay. I kind of, I don't mind it at all. What do you think, Jumbo? You think I, I mean, difficult? it's
1: working out for you right now. Like, <laughs> so. uh, I I don't think you should change anytime soon. I'll say that.
4: Yeah, uh, Exactly. We've always tried to describe
2: your play, Connor. And, you know, it's tough to find a, a comparison, you know, like I've thrown around Ryan Banesh, but I think you're a little bit more physical than that. Um, there's a little bit of church in you, I think. But who did you watch growing up and who do you think you tried to emulate your game
1: after? Uh, Queens Park, back in the day there, Connor, like uh, there's got to be a, a guy or two that you, you had your eye on. I mean, when I was younger,
4: growing up, going to those senior bellies games at, at QPA, I'd always like watching Iannucci and Craig
1: Kahn just kind of pick. That's, how you, the that's the guy you remind me of is Craig Kahn personally.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I really tried to try to emulate his outside shot and then just kind of seeing Iannucci out there and then seeing Ilya playing offense when he did. And just those shifty inside moves. I kind of, he just looks so cool doing it. So just, just trying to kind of, take little snippets from everyone and just kind of create my own type of player
1: Calgary, the rematch this weekend, Connor. And, and I know it was a, it was a grinder in Calgary. Like you got to expect these guys are going to be ultra desperate coming into this game and being at home is, is going to be a nice advantage for them as well. But what's it going to take to get another one done against the Roughnecks?
4: I mean, I just stay the course. I mean, <clears throat> Calgary's a good team. Obviously they're gonna have Dixon back, they're gonna have Pacer back in the lineup. So we just gotta kinda remember what we what we do to be successful, whether that's D Ward in the net just being a brick wall, our defense playing tough around him and just our offense overall, just remembering like it's a five man unit out there and like somebody's gonna be open. Bish does a great job kind of drawing up a game plan every single time. So just sticking to that game plan and just coming out and just, remembering that we can be successful if we want to, but just remembering that we can't get them all in one shift. So we take a one shift at a time, one goal at a time, whatever it takes and have a, have a battle rematch against uh, the next out in Calgary. Who's your biggest rival right now? You think? I don't know. The van got a little chippy at the end. Um, Calgary is pretty, I, I want to say either Calgary or San Diego, you know, we got some, uh, we got a bone to pick with them after, they embarrassed us in our in our home opener, but uh, Calgary is always a tough match, especially playing a little back to back like we are in both home arenas. So I don't know. That's a that's a tough question. Every game's tough. So, I mean, we, we try to kind of focus on every game as who cares who's on the other side. We're just going to play our game and the outcome will speak for itself.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one this weekend. I think there's going to be some bad, but I think Colorado, San Diego, Calgary, Saskatchewan, and maybe, you know, a little Panther City, Vancouver rivalry might be brewing after last weekend's contest, Brett.
2: Yeah, I will. I think every team sees it a little bit differently, like Calgary and Colorado because of the playoffs. I think San Diego and Colorado because of the the pieces from Colorado that went to San Diego Cross pollination and the there, thing yeah. there. There's. Yeah. There, and the American thing there, like there's, yeah, that, the, the, whole, the whole West, I think, hates each other. Well, uh, Vegas especially.
1: coming in, uh, maybe Vancouver could spark up a rivalry with Vegas. I wouldn't mind that. Not one bit. Connor, uh, good luck this weekend with, with you and your Mammoth uh, taking on the Roughnecks. Uh, always appreciate your time. Uh, good luck at Halo, and go buy yourself a slow cooker.
4: <laughs> well, dude, Jumbo. Thanks for having me on
1: thanks for coming on there is uh the nugget i always go with for c rob brad challenger the all-time leading scorer in junior bellies history that's that's a that's a pretty big accomplishment and and you knew this kid was gonna bust out sooner or later just didn't really pan out in saskatchewan for a bunch of different reasons i think but you got to think that that maybe the rush are regretting that move thinking about what they've got back in return and that production there and how seeing connor and the success that he's having now might be might five, be looking back on goals, that one a little bit
2: five goals in 11 games with sask six goals in colorado <laughs> last you gotta like, say. it like... says it all but he yeah he's exactly right like and that's what we've seen with with uh with Saskatchewan Rush this season is these new pieces that are in that lineup right now. Yeah, I've had a tough time fitting in and, and contributing, right? And it's still the Matthews church show and keenan has been a little quiet this season. So yeah, I think they oh, are they're looking at that. And yeah. I, I dug up this nugget too. You talk about nuggets. You wanna know yeah. what Colorado or what uh Saskatchewan got for Connor Robinson? Please tell me, yeah. So 26th overall pick in 2020 became Bobby Kid the 3rd who's been a full-time rookie this season so nice little piece there. Yeah. And then the 7th overall pick in 2021, Jake Boudreau from the Brampton Excelsiors and spending hasn't, his final season hasn't in, in RMU hasn't played a game yet yeah. so and he's good. we'll see how Boudreau pans out but yeah, good I think Colorado is super happy with with that deal right now and what he's doing for that team and everyone is humming on the mammoth offense right now. So five and one
1: rolling into Calgary this weekend. First sock trick of Connor Robinson's career. I have a pretty strong feeling. It will not be his last there in a mammoth uniform. Always a good time there with Connor Robinson. We still got a big fourth quarter on deck here. And I've been looking forward to this one for the last couple of days. Snuck it a lot to you, Brad Challoner. Who you got? Lax glass locks are coming up here on EP 170 right after this
4: hey this is eric penny you're listening to lacrosse classified and now it's time for who you got
1: we are back we are into the fourth quarter and we got no more breaks here on the podcast thanks for hanging with us on ep 170 Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner, and now joining the podcast is one Evan Schemenauer. Hang on, Evan. I got some new intro music here for you, so enjoy this little day. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. La, 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 la. There you go.
0: Uh, this is this is how we do it. <laughs> this it is how we What's do? wrong with the Montel Jordan? Seriously, uh, no,
2: nothing. Nothing's you know, wrong. I, I was just shocked when I saw that you tweeted this week that that was your jam. I just, you know, I,
1: I don't see you nobody can picture like Evan just getting down to, to Montel Jordan. Nobody can. But that that came out of left field there over the weekend. So I, I just needed to get that in. Uh Welcome back to the podcast, man. What's going on? Bye week for the rush, so you're you're just kind of laid up in home right now, and we're not going to get into all of that. Trust me on on this one, no, folks. No,
0: we're not. We're not. <laughs> no, we're not getting into that. But <laughs> okay. but uh, no, you know, watching the Olympics. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I I seriously thought somebody hacked my phone last night when I wake up this morning and says Canada has won a bronze medal in ski jumping. No North American had ever won a. Medal in freaking ski jumping, horse. But took... no, you didn't get one done. Wait no, but they... the thing was, it oh. took four disqualifications or partial disqualifications for us to win this medal. It was something oh, else. Oh, no, the Why fact
1: people getting disqualified,
0: yeah, illegal equipment. Uh, oh, no, the fact
1: <laughs> I know a, can, a ski jumper from like the 80s, Horace Bielau. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Anyway, I think they said he
0: finished fifth. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, curling's been a little disappointing snowboarding Mm -hmm. has been awesome Uh, and it's just going to get better we actually were recording right during the beginning of Canada versus USA women's hockey so I want to get to this thing no offense to you schmucks but uh, I want to watch that game so let's get to it it's time for Who you Got It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game, who, are you? who you got?
0: Who are
1: you? Oh, let that sink in right there. One of my all time. Why Why am I playing that, you might ask? I'm more than happy to tell you, as uh, you're a brand new host for week 11, who you got. And although I did not win the overall week due to a stupid tiebreaker... Well, Jumbo here, fellas. Seven for seven in week 10. Who you got? Put myself back in the conversation here and uh, looking to host who you got. Looking forward to it. And and I'm going to show you guys how this is done here. Seven for seven. How'd you guys do? Six for seven. Yeah, I had the opening game of the week wrong. That was the only one. So you got one wrong is what I heard there. Brad,
2: how about you? Three, Three. Three for seven, fellas. I had an awful... Off, maybe my worst week yet. I think that actually knocked me down the overall standings. Still in tied for fourth, fifteen oh, points back of Mister uh, John Hartman. Now, Mister Lack Sharp, who continues to be Lack Sharp and remains in first
0: place. He sent me a message, kind of bragging about how big of a lead he's got on you now. Oh man, fifteen
2: points. Well, I'm coming. That's that. that can be made up. Another what is it? Seven game weekend, six seven game weekend. That can be made up. Pretty well, quick. we got
1: one right here. Uh, like I said from the start here, fellas, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and you want to be peaking right near playoff time, which is uh has been my strategy since opening face-off here. Uh week ten. So seven people, Evan,
0: went seven for seven. Am I hearing that correctly? Seven people went seven for seven. Seven people went for seven for seven. And even if Panther City had won the last game, six people would have gone seven for uh, seven. Well, so we then had to go to the tie break tie break was 28 one person had 29 one had 27 Mm. i had 23 and we had to pick a name out of a hat
1: (laughs) and so the winner of week 10s who you got is one rob mason you were the lucky winner getting yanked out of the hat it's up on evan's twitter account at shemlax if you want to see that it's all above board Evan plucked the name out of the hat, Rob Mason, congratulations, your prize pack will be on the way, courtesy of Stampede Tack and Western Wear, which is the proud sponsor of Who You Got, of course, as I segue into a read here, did you know that Stampede Tack and Western Wear carries a wide selection of Carhartt, hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, overalls, toques, beanies, you should by now, but you might be new to the podcast, so I'm here to tell you, Carhartt. Is both functional and fashionable. You need some gear for your crew at work. Ask them about corporate bulk orders. They even have Carhartt for kids. Be sure to drop by Stampede Tack, located in Cloverdale since 1966. Or, fellas, you know the drill. Shop online. It's still shopping local. Congrats to Rob Mason. Another monster week on deck here for week number 11. Uh, I'm here while i pull up the schedule for week 11 but correct me if i'm wrong another seven games on deck here yes there is all right so brad three and
2: friday through sunday oh, lacrosse man, which we we always like to crave we start with one game on friday one game on sunday and five games on saturday i love when the schedule spans the whole weekend and a little bit of an appetizer leading into uh
1: to super bowl Sunday. oh that's well. just it that's just and no bye week for anybody. Yeah, oh, it's uh, everybody in action as well. So this is going to be—I mean, really, fellas, i have been kind of saving it for this week to host. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but this is the week that I really wanted to start hosting who you got. Week, week
2: 11 was a special one yeah, for you.
1: Absolutely. Everybody in right. in in play seven games on tap here. So let's get into it. It's the rematch from just last weekend. It went down at Ball Arena. This time it's going down in Calgary. Roughnecks desperate for a win here. Colorado rolling into Cowtown.
2: Brad Chandler, who you got? That's just the thing. The Mammoth are absolutely rolling right now. Dylan Ward's the top of his game. Their offense is getting scoring from everywhere and his lights out. And the Colorado D is the Colorado D and the Roughnecks. We don't know the status on Curtis Dixon. They've been struggling as a young squad. We've talked a lot about this podcast today. I don't know how I can go against the 5 and one Mammoth. I'm giving it a, a weight of six, though. Hmm.
0: And I've got the same thing, mammoth for six is just a case of Calgary has not been able to string together a consistent sixty minute performance other than the game in Saskatchewan. So until they do, give me the Mammoth for six.
1: Well, that's interesting you guys say that because I just happened to have a little conversation with one Christian Del Bianco, people. Uh, I got the video. I got... Or it's not the video. I got the audio. Chaloner heard it. I got the, the the phonetic. It's Del Bianco. You heard it here on Lax Class. I hope everybody is paying attention to this. But talking with Christian a little bit, you know, saying... I. I and, I, and why was I talking to you? Because I said, Christian, I'm taking you guys this weekend. Go get the job done, champ. And Christian said, you know what? We just got to keep working. We're due. It's coming. Dixon back in the lineup. Pace back in the lineup. Ooh, okay, Wild back in the right lineup. There. And he plans to play a full 60 minutes instead of the 45 he did down in Colorado. So all these signs and, and tells lead me to taking the Calgary Roughnecks this weekend. for Just a two, but I'm taking the Roughnecks. Let's move along. We're going to Vancouver Rogers Arena, and this will be the second time that these two teams have played this season. Both games will have been in Vancouver. And Saskatchewan prevailed in game number one. They're coming off a bye week, but prior to that, a very convincing performance against Panther City. Friday night, 7:30, Vancouver hosting three and three, two and four rush. Brad Challenger, who you got?
2: Van City Warriors, guys. They are coming off their most impressive win of the season. Mind you, it's the same team that Saskatchewan punched down on as well, but it was a real rocket atmosphere inside of Rogers Arena Saturday night. The fans are there to see wins, and I think the club knows that, the management knows that. And if they want to build momentum in Vancouver, they've got to do it uh, winning games at Rogers Arena. So I think they're on the right foot. It's a short break, but uh, everybody but three players lives in Vancouver. So no one's traveling anywhere right now. The guys are close to home. Um, and the way that the Warriors played, it was a nice tidy victory from Buki to the defense of the offense, all humming. So put Marty Dinsdale back in the lineup. That freshens things up on the right side a little bit. He'll be doing his thing, setting picks and getting guys open. Give me the Vancouver Warriors, friends, with a a two.
0: A two, okay. Ooh, okay. Well... Hang on, Evan! Who you got? Well, well, let's put it this way. If you take a look at the history on this one, and including recent history, the Rush dominate the Warriors slash stealth when they play in BC. Simple as that. Uh, Without Mitch Jones, I think the Rush defense is just going to feast on these guys. Give me the rush, four or five.
1: I'm going Vancouver. I know they're batting 500 here for me because I've taken them through six games every time, three and three. And this is a statement game here. I know Mitch, no Mitch Jones, but the way Martel showed up, killing, taking another step here. I think Keegan Ball is going to have an, a big one for Vancouver. I think they keep it rolling here. And like Brad said, home wins are what this franchise needs. And this is a pivotal game in the standings here with three, three and three, two and, and Saskatchewan. Let's not forget one, the first matchup between these two clubs, 10, nine, the final in that one, low scoring affair. But I think we see a bit of a different game, a little bit higher scoring and Vancouver. He's gonna pull this thing out. Give me the Warriors with the three.
2: Yeah, hang on. I'm just looking at the standings right now. I didn't really piece this together until now. But if Saskatchewan wins this game, they tie Vancouver with a record of three and four and would hold the hot tiebreaker and push themselves into well, that's it. the third of final playoff spot
1: in the West. So even pivotal, more pivotal yeah. turning point here in week eleven. Can't wait. Friday night, 7:30. Saturday, let's let's get it going here, and we'll do it early with a 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's two o'clock for you folks here on the West Coast. From the Hammer, Toronto, who just took Philadelphia to the woodshed in the second half down there in Philly. Back home to take on the undefeated bandits. Another weird start time here. That could play a factor. But Brad, who you got?
2: This one almost came down to the coin tosses that I'm not super
1: fond of, but the should, bandits have to I lose. I think a at rule should be one coin toss per week if you want it. Okay, I'm not going to. Can use we agree it this on way. that? I'm going to.
2: Well, let's talk about that off. Let's talk about All that right.
1: offline. I, I don't know if I'm down with the coin
2: flip, but. Oh, Toronto looked impressive. Buffalo has to lose at some point. If that Toronto offense is all working together like they were last week and that Toronto defense is as physically active and aggressive and, and pushing guys out as they were against Philly last week. I don't know how Toronto is going to drop this one. They're used to playing in front of this arena now with no, with no fans. They got beat up in Buffalo earlier this season. I think the rock are ready to hand the Buffalo bandits their first loss of the season.
0: Give me, the Toronto Rock with a five. I'm not even that confident in this game. Um, Toronto has showed up big time last week. Buffalo has this moment, its moments of brilliance, has moments of failure the last couple of weeks. They've been in a couple tight games that shouldn't have been so tight. I'm taking the Bandits until they lose, but it's for a two. That was kind of
1: my strategy as I stare at my screen right now. I have the Bandits picked, but. They're not going 18-0 here, and I think Toronto in a similar situation to what Vancouver is in against Saskatchewan here, where they've already dropped the game to the Bandits, they can't do it again here. So I'm switching my pick. I'm keeping the same confidence in this, but give me Toronto for a four here. This is, I think, the marquee matchup of the weekend here, is it not? It is. Let's yeah,
0: Philly, Philly
1: and Halifax has
2: some intrigue. Vancouver, Saskatchewan has some. Well, Colorado and Calgary. Yeah, Arch, Arch I mean they're all is, for all Calgary the multitude. Home, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot
1: of juicy action this yeah, weekend for all sorts of different reasons. It's a tough call. Let's uh, right here. Here's another one. Saturday, four o'clock Eastern. No, seven o'clock Eastern. Four o'clock Pacific. New York Riptide one and six goes down to georgia to take on the three and five swarm Brad, ellen who you got team tied baby
2: I, Mm. i like the riptide again georgia's been struggling at home i know they got a win against albany last last week but the the home down in georgia hasn't been their their most kind spot they're coming off of a back-to-back. There's a lot of miles on on Mike Poolin and some of their some of their uh, veteran players. I know Lyle Thompson was cranking it out in the gym on Monday. I think it was <laughs> Monday morning, animal. or was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Yeah, was Sunday afternoon. He's cranking it out in the gym. Yeah, no know. off days for Lyle Thompson, but um, you know it's, it's a lot of lacrosse for that Georgia Swarm team right now. And New York Riptide. Jeff T got shut out last week. I don't think that's going to happen twice. I think this is a good game for New York Riptide to get back in the wind column because their schedule only gets tougher from here on out. They need one here um, if they want to make things interesting and get people talking down the stretch. It's a
1: four, though. It's a four game. It's my four game. Evan Scheminer, who you
0: got? This was almost a coin flip for me. Uh, Georgia, you don't know if you're getting the hot or cold team. New York struggled to finish in a number of cases, and that's the problem. What it came down to me is, which goaltender do I trust more? I trust Mike Poolin more. Georgia for a three.
1: Oh, man, that last sentence is a good one. I think you make a great point there. But I just think this riptide offense can outscore maybe some of their defensive deficiencies or goaltending deficiencies here. Not that... Like, and I just think Orleman's getting better with every passing minute as well. More confident, more comfortable. And you're not going to talk me out of it, Evan. I'm taking the New York Riptide this weekend. Warning issued, give me the Riptide for a five.
0: Although the interesting thing is, is that most of the swarm will know his tendencies. Riptide for a five, I said, Evan.
1: (laughs) Albany. Visiting Rochester on Saturday. Same start time from Blue Cross Arena. Two and five Nighthawks at home to take on the four and three Albany Firewolves. Brad Johnner. Who you got?
2: I'll take the Albany Firewolves in this one. Rochester is just a team trending in the wrong direction, decimated by COVID last week. And even if some of those guys are back, we've seen guys take a while to recover after being put on that COVID list. If they did have it themselves, the Firewolves have won four out of their last five. Dougie's dialed in. Their offense is finally coming together. They might get Andrew Q back. I don't know how Albany loses this game down the road in Rochester. Seven.
0: Evan Sheminar. Who you got? Yeah, Rochester broke the streak of six or more (laughs) players on the COVID list when in the game. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with Brad. They're not trending in the right direction. I think Dougie Jameson, even on an average game, will do enough to keep the, the net clear here. Albany for seven. This is my seven game as well. Albany
1: Firewolves. I don't think we need to sit on that much longer so let's head for panther city dallas fort worth texas panther city gonna host the san diego seals home team one and six road team five and one i think this should be pretty straightforward brad who you got?
2: Yeah, this is probably all giving our all of our, our eight game here. me the SEALs at Panther City. PCLC is starting a four-game homestand here, so that's pretty cool. They might get comfortable. They've got some guys living in market, so I don't count them out of getting a win in the next four games down at the beautiful Dickies Arena, but the SEALs are the toast of the league right now. I'll take San Diego with an eight. Gavin, who you got?
0: Well, I'll ask this question. The the line the handicap on this one's three and a half who would you take on the handicap? Because I think we're all going eight here. This is not lax
1: class locks. That comes up momentarily, <laughs> Evan. I
0: asked you, who you got? Yeah, we're, I'm taking San Diego for an eight. I'm obvious. taking
1: San Diego for an eight as well. So let's move on. Just one game left to go. I don't know why I started with Vancouver. They haven't moved it on office pool junkies yet. That's, that's why. So we have just one game to go here. It's the Sunday morning affair here. 10 o'clock start. Or eleven o'clock start. Excuse me. Here on the West Coast, Halifax from Hamilton taking on Philadelphia. Halifax coming off a win. Philadelphia coming off a loss. T-Birds four and one. Philly five and four. They're gonna play their tenth game, which is just crazy. Brad, who you got?
2: Well, I said it earlier in the show. Philly has not won a game against a team above. 500. They're challenged against sort of the top teams in the East in Halifax and Buffalo and even against the Toronto Rock as we saw. Uh, I think Halifax is, is playing some really good lacrosse right now. Someone different steps up on their offense every night and so I don't know who's goodbye that's going to go off for two, three, four, five in this one but it's going to be someone in the Halifax offense. It's always a different body getting it done. Jammer looks like he's coming around again, getting a little bit healthier. That is scary. I'll take the Thunderbirds. It's my three game.
1: Three game.
2: Evan. Who you got?
0: Yeah, and of course, neutral site game once again, uh, but if they didn't look out of place with it being a neutral site game last week. So think I'm not it bugs concerned them
1: one bit. Think. No, I mean, they, yes, they'd love to be at home in Halifax in front of their fans, but it, I don't think it bothers them that there's no fans in the building. And they're in Hamilton.
0: You know, simple fact here: Philly has struggled lately. Halifax is working hard. The, the face-off factor is not even going to swing in Philly's direction, which has saved them numerous times because they're going to have a pretty even face-off battle. you got to take Halifax here. Halifax for four.
1: I'm taking Halifax as well. I think it's my sixth game here. By the way, shout-out to Tyson, Guy and T-Birds uh, 360 there. A little, little lax class clip in, in the latest edition, and uh, who knows? We'll see what happens this coming week as well. Um, Halifax for a six here. Don't forget, if you're new to the podcast, you can still sign up for who you got and win weekly prizes. You might be in a little tough to, to win the overall now, but weekly prizes every week. Go to our Twitter feed, at Class. The link is in our bio. Search for who you got with two Ts on the end, and uh, you can win yourself some prizes here from some Stampede Tack and Western wear. So who you got? Week 11 is done. And now it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's
2: locked. I am by the Lock gonna wait. Ooh, That's well, a big lock, all right.
1: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Oh. Here comes the oh, money. Oh, yes, money. yes. Not only did I go 7-for-7 in my picks, but old Jumbo went 3-for-3 on the old parlay and put some more Jumbo Bucks in the people's pockets here. That's my second cash there, if you're keeping score at home. But overall here, boys, four weeks in a row, we're getting a boosted parlay courtesy of the friends at Cool Bet Canada.
2: Yeah, well done, Jake Elliott. Well done. It was a it was a good week on your, your part. You know, you go perfect. You went you went ten for ten in every
0: pick that you made last week. So that's I don't a know rarity. If that'll,
2: happen, that'll happen again, but it's a yeah, you can ride ride the coattails here. Well done.
0: So yeah, well, I feel I feel so bad for all the people that put money down on on my boosted odds last week, and it was that over under. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not doing any over unders for the foreseeable future because I screw them up. Constantly. It was uh, almost
1: an over by halftime. Yeah, yeah. I took the over, Evan.
2: So. Well, and how about the poor folks at Coolbet? Like one of us has hit the parlay every week for the last month.
1: Oh, it's just been it's been something else, I tell you. So you're welcome, people. And I expect uh, you know a little praise on on the socials uh, when when you cash in your ticket there. So. Lax class locks for week 11. And like we just mentioned, seven games to choose from here. Lots of juicy odds available over unders, point spreads, money line. Evan, uh, why don't we start with you,
0: your parlay plates? So, yes, I, like I said, I am avoiding the over unders because I'm done with them. First off, Saskatchewan rush, Vancouver Warriors. I am taking the rush on the money line. The historical factor there just leads me to believe that Saskatchewan will continue to dominate Vancouver in Vancouver. Second one up is the Sunday matinee. Give me the Thunderbirds on the money line. And the third one I debated how high to set the bar here. This is the San Diego-Panther City game. The default handicap here is three and a half. Should be probably, but I'm going to play it a little bit safe. Go San Diego minus two and a half. So it's 147 on the brush, 147 minus 147 on seals, minus 156 on the Thunderbirds. It's not a huge payday, but 20 bucks pays 92.66.
1: Three favorites, pretty safe. Don't mind it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Evan has won one parlay so far, Brad. Uh, I'm expecting bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth, down by three, two strikes against you, swinging for the fence in the win here in your parlay this week. Please deliver.
2: This is a lottery ticket. I treat this like <laughs> a lottery ticket, man. Like, it's... Uh... I like to swing for the fences because one of these days it's going to hit and it's going to make not dishing out your previously. own money. I'm a degenerate. I'm a degenerate. <laughs> one of these weeks is going to pay off and it's going to make up for all the previous weeks. Right. It that's might. exactly how, It might exactly how my mentality works. Let's see if you go for the
0: 4766 here.
2: <laughs> all right. It's going to add up to nine eighty-five. So conservative by my, by my account for the, for the last couple of weeks, but The New York Riptop, we've already talked about that Jumbo and I both think they're going to win this game. They're a plus 256, so to not put some money down on that I think is silly. Um, I'm going to take the the over in the Vancouver-Saskatchewan game. Believe it or not, guys, I think Vancouver is the highest-scoring home team in the National Lacrosse League so far this season. They're averaging over 13 goals a game at Rogers Arena. And so the over/under at 22. If say the Warriors hit their average, which is 13, the Rush need to score 10 to hit the over on that one. So I'll take the over in the Saskatchewan-Vancouver game, and then I like the Toronto Rock, but I think it's going to be a close game. So the Rock on the handicap at minus sorry at plus 1.5 is going to give you odds of a 985 and a potential return of 216. On twenty
1: bucks, I actually don't. I don't mind that. Uh, like, brother.
2: what's what's silly about that? What well, silly about that? the
1: one thing I might switch if I was you, instead of playing the money line on the Riptide game, I am going with the point spread or handicap, and taking them at plus two point five. So, you know, they can win, which I think they're going to, but there's that two goal buffer there as well. If they don't, so. I really like odds it. on that
2: are only hundred. Yeah, but plus 100. Yeah. still,
1: it's plus a hundred for that, and you're getting yeah. a two goal buffer. Like that is great value to me, and that really popped off the page. So you're remember,
0: I've won yeah. t- two of these guys. So I've won. I've won just, one. Just you're listen like, up,
2: you're like you're dominating these. Listen standings. up here. Like,
0: I, I was so hoping for that forty-seven fifty-six though, and what that was is that if you took the Riptide. Panther City and who was on Rochester, Rochester to win this week, 20 bucks would have paid nearly a <laughs> thousand.
1: Well, you can still do it. Rochester, Panther City, and the Riptide straight up on the money line will get you a grand on 20 bucks. All right, back to last week's uh, winner of the parlay here. So, Riptide up plus 2.5. Vancouver, I'm taking up plus 1.5 again. Pick Vancouver to win this game on who you got. Getting a little extra juice there with the 1.5 on their home floor to tie up the season series. So give me Vancouver at plus 1.5. And then I'm going over in San Diego, Panther City. I I don't know how many goals San Diego is going to score, but I think it's going to go a long way to helping to get to the over at 21 and a half. I think it happens easily. I love the over, hate the under, so give me the over in Panther City between them and the Seals. And, of course, this is the boosted parlay here going from, what was it, 631 up to 700. You're getting 20 jumbo bucks on a, a plus 700. Easy math here. Even Challoner could do it. 160 even. Remember. Just one. I've won twice. Listen to me. Don't listen to me. It's totally your call. But, you want your bank account to go in the right direction? I think you know what to do here. Lax Class Locks, brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. And of course, again, if you're new to the pod here, or you are interested in maybe putting down a little action on on the NLL games here, go to CoolBet.com. Sign up an account and when you do your first time deposit, before you put any money in, put the bonus code up in the top left corner, LAX class, and Coolbet will match you up to $200. $200 on your first time deposit. Bonus code, LAX class. Fellas, another great program. If I do say so myself, thanks for joining me. Uh, big thanks goes out to Carter Robinson, Brendan Glashine, of course, uh, for stopping by the podcast. Our fabulous sponsor, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors. Oh, don't forget—I forgot to mention this. After every every day or every, <laughs> the next day after every Warriors home game, we're doing Twitter Spaces on the Warriors account. So make sure you check that out. That's coming up Saturday. Thanks. And to the don't
2: forget. Don't forget. Coming up Thursday night is the WLA Oh yes. Seat. Jumbo and I and Commissioner Paul Del Monte from the Langley Event Center welcoming the newest members to the WLA. There's a there's a compensatory round and protection and Hayden Dixon from the Calgary Roughnecks, probably the projected number one. Uh, overall pick. Definitely, Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: But uh, yeah, we'll be there. Have some fun. It's always a good night to to say hi to the new guys entering the WLA and talk to the young guys and introduce you guys to the next sort of generation of, uh, of lacrosse stars. So always look forward to that. The, the players that are getting drafted are always watching it from their colleges down in the States, and it's always a good night. So we'll talk to you 7 o'clock Thursday night for yep. the WLA draft.
1: Yeah. WLA lacrosse.com. Uh, so big thanks to the Warriors. Friday night against the rush. Get your tickets at VancouverWarriors.com. Associated labels and packaging, Rycor Construction. Cool bet, of course. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on social media at LaxClass, lacrosse classified on Instagram. We got a Facebook page and email address is lacrosse at gmail.com, at Schell, at PXP for sports, at shemlax, subscribe, review, do all that sort of stuff, and we We'll talk to you next week for EP 171 right here on the home of lacrosse classified lacrosse flash podcast network. For Brad Chaloner, I've been Jake Elliott and oh, I guess we'll throw Evan in there as well. And for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy and stay classified.